what is going on everybody we are live that's right we are doing a podcast today now normally i would do a podcast and do a youtube channel but um with the way that the lesson is going i kind of wanted it to be that you know um uh we do like an exclusive uh little set for this next session because I had it where I did positively and negatively affected by salvation part one and then I wanted to do part two but there were some scriptures that I needed to break down in the midst of them and I was just kind of like well let me just go ahead and do that and then make it to where that's kind of like a 1b you know just kind of like a I don't know I don't know like 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 you know part one section one or whatever the hell the case may be I don't know but you know just have a little bit of fun with how I with my options that's all but we're still going to get to part two but this is like uh I wouldn't necessarily consider this part two but more or less just kind of something to where it's like we can go ahead and break down the lesson now it's kind of in me to break down these scriptures so that we can make sure to get the fullest out of the lesson and so therefore i'm going to go and probably edit the youtube channel so that then this way you have it where um you have it where uh those who listen to part one and listen to the official part two which i'll probably be putting out either later on this week or next week you can go ahead i can go ahead and have you guys reference back to this so that then this way when i start talking about the different scriptures that i've covered and so forth and so forth you'll know what i'm talking about but Last I left off was Romans uh, chapter 7 in the 7th verse because I remember I was talking about how, um, you know, salvation, a lot of times when people come into salvation, you know, it gets harder for them. And I say this all the time in a lot of my podcasts, uh, in a couple of my YouTube channels that, you know, your salvation does get a little bit harder. It gets, if anything, it'll make your life harder. I never actually really broke down why. And if I did, I don't really remember if I did, but just in case I did not. Here's the reason why. Now, as I was saying before, now a lot of times we get into salvation, things get harder, and that's only because we are brought into the knowledge of ourselves, okay? Now, when you're brought into the knowledge of yourselves, in other words, you're brought into the knowledge of a lot of things that are right, not right, good, evil, uh, things that are pleasing to God, things that are not pleasing to God, whereas before, you didn't have this knowledge, so therefore it didn't matter. You didn't have to fight yourself. You didn't have to put up a, a, a have any self-control or have any discipline or anything along those lines. But now that you have the knowledge of those things, you have to exhibit the knowledge, I mean, the, the, the self-control, the discipline, because that's what God requires you to do to prove that you are somebody who wants to do right by your salvation. Now, in the midst of all of that, like I was saying, um, I went off into the, I had ended with like Romans seven and seven. And I'm like, let me go ahead, break down these scriptures. Cause it's like from seven, it's like a uh, Roman, the seventh chapter starting at the seventh verse and then leading all the way to the end of that chapter. And I'm like, let me go ahead and break this down. Cause a lot of times I kind of run out of, uh, uh, time on here on the podcast because they only want me to basically do a one hour podcast i can go as long as i want on youtube but you know just like i said just kind of just having fun with my options here so we're going to go ahead and we're going to go into the uh seventh chapter as you guys know just in case you guys need me to put up the formalities i am reverend lyle lewis of the word evangelistic church where the pastor is prophet willis e townsend the co-pastor is prophetess in east townsend that's right i am not the pastor i'm just a minister that presides underneath my pastor we're located in chicago illinois come check us out we're located uh, I mean, not located. <laughs> we have a YouTube channel. By all means, go check us out, Word Evangelistic Church on YouTube. Check us out, wordevangelisticchurch.com. And by all means, look me up as well on YouTube, uh, um, Lutown Productions um, on YouTube. Um, for those of you who are uh, who are more familiar with the podcast, please go check me out and support uh, on YouTube. And I mean, I tell you guys on the ones who are YouTube, come support the podcast. But Without further ado, let's dive into the word of God. Okay, so Romans, the seventh chapter in the seventh verse, and it reads as thus, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin, but by the law, for I had not known lust, except the law had said thou shalt not covet. All right. Now we're going to go ahead and label this as uh, positively and negatively affected by salvation uh what is it like one 
1A. I don't know how to guess out of part one, section A. I don't know. But uh, we'll come up with a, with a title for it uh, later on. But now, mind you, let's go ahead and break down these scriptures, okay? Now, it said that, like he said, uh, what shall we say then is the law sin, God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin but by the law, for I had not known lust except the law had said thou shalt not covet. Now, the thing of it is, is you got to understand is that, you know, when we're brought into salvation, we're brought into the knowledge of us. We're brought into the we're brought into the knowledge of ourselves. This is the reason why a lot of times it's so hard for people to fight themselves in salvation because now here it is they look at it like before i got saved there wasn't a fight before i got saved i didn't have to go through these things what makes it so different from the time that i got saved to the time that from to the time that i did get saved well you got brought into the knowledge of good and evil mind you it was the same way with adam and eve notice how when adam and eve ate the fruit they came into the knowledge of how they were naked and they came into the knowledge that they did wrong in the eyesight of god but notice how before they ate the fruit they didn't know nothing about being naked. They didn't know nothing about sin. They didn't know anything about any of those things. But when sin now came into the knowledge, now here it is. They have guilt. They have, you know what I'm saying? They, they, they feel guilty. They feel like failures. They feel hurt. They feel, you know what I'm saying? There's all kinds of feelings that go with uh, 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 going against what God told us to do. Now, what happens when we get saved, all right, it's not so much that, you know, we... Uh, can't manage our salvation or we can't do the things that we're supposed to do. But more or less, now we, there's a fight that's there that's within us that has to rise up. Now, if you want to know how self-disciplined you are, you get saved, you'll find out. You want to know how much, you know, how much bad feelings you have, you'll find out. Because it's almost like, think of it like this. It's almost like uh, 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 you got saved and now you've been torn into two different people that are living in one body. Whereas before you got saved, you were just one individual. Okay. Why do I say that? Because when, before you got saved, you didn't have to fight your flesh. If you wanted to curse somebody out, you curse them out. If you wanted to have sex with somebody, didn't matter if you were married to them or not, you wouldn't have had sex with them. You wanted to steal something you saw and you had no conscience. You had no bad feelings. You had no, you know, sense of not so much that your fact that you didn't know whether it was right or wrong, but you didn't care. You didn't have any conscience about it. You just went and did it. It didn't matter to you, but now you're brought into the knowledge of how these things can negatively affect you both spiritually and naturally. And when I say spiritually and naturally, I mean, we're not just talking about it'll send you to hell. We're also talking about how God will, you know, turn away from you and, you know, you know, the, the protection of God, the benefits that an individual has in God will disappear. Maybe not instantly, but as time goes on, we have this knowledge that now we're separated away from God. Before, you didn't have that knowledge or you didn't care about those things, so it didn't matter. So when we get saved, we wind up being individuals now with full knowledge of good and evil. And the reason why uh, 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 good and evil exists and the reason why it's important to stand on the side of good rather than stand on the side of evil. Now we have two members within one body warring against each other. You have your flesh saying, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do this, I want to do that. But you've got the spiritual side of you like, no, we need to be obedient to God and what he told us to do. With those two warring against you, you've got Satan fighting alongside your flesh to overpower you. Whereas you've got God and the word of God instructing you what to do. Mind you, notice what I just said. Satan is working along with your flesh to overpower you. But the word of God works alongside of you to keep control of you. The word of God does not work in, order, in, in, in a sense to overpower you. God lets you make your own decisions. God basically, he said, choose you this day whom, you gonna, whom you're going to serve. He doesn't make it to where he's forcing you to, to, to serve him. He doesn't make it to where he's forcing you to, to be obedient to the word of God. No, God basically just let it out there like, hey, look, either you're going to be obedient or you're not. I'm going to leave it up to you. But Satan will try to force you to be disobedient, try to force you into sin, not necessarily by force as far as he gets someone or some or gets, causes you to just be driven, but more or less he he he's always in your thoughts. He's always in your flesh, trying to do things and manipulate things and circumstances to uh, 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 push you in a direction to where you feel as though you have no other choice but to do this, but to do that, but to commit sin, but to go against what the word of God says. Notice how 
when uh, 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 you want to do something, right? Notice how if, if I don't care what it is, I don't care if it's sex, I don't care if it's stealing, I don't care if it's violence, I don't care what it is. Notice how it is when that feeling comes over you, it is like you got to fight that back. You got to fight it back to curse somebody out. You got to fight it back to like knock somebody out that you that you really are just really just going off the deep end. You got to fight your flesh to where it's like if you're tempted to have sex with somebody and you're not married to them, you're fighting your flesh back like no, we're not going to do that. Notice how there is never a fight to where it's like uh 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 uh, uh um uh uh I'm in church and I want to go home. You know what I'm saying? You're never fighting yourself like no, I want to stay in church. Right? You're never fighting yourself like I got I want to no, I don't want to stop reading my Bible. There's never a fight like I want to stop living holy, right? There's always a fight against those things. You go to church, I'm ready to go home. Or even before you go to church, you're like, I don't want to leave. I want to stay home. Notice how the flesh is like, I want to I don't it's going against everything, but there's never a fight. You know what I'm saying? To keep consistently doing the same things to God. You get it where you go into prayer and you start falling asleep. Right? You start reading your Bible and it's never like, no, let's keep reading and keep reading and keep reading and keep reading. No, it's like, yeah, let's watch TV. All right, well, we did about five chapters. Let's watch some TV. Why not? Right? Let's go do this. Let's go do that. But that's because, again, Satan is trying to drive you. Satan is trying to control you. Your flesh is trying to do what it wants. That's going to be beneficial and not necessarily beneficial like as far as it's going to be good for you in the long run, but more or less beneficial. In other words, your flesh is looking out for its own interests. Okay? Your flesh doesn't care about your salvation. Your flesh is working against your salvation. Even the word of God says that, you know, uh, um, that the, you know, your flesh and the spirit, they, they, they war against each other. You know what I'm saying? Because of the simple fact that you've got it where the 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 the, the fleshly part of you, the 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 part of you, there's a part of you that just wants just only what it wants. Okay? And then there's a part of you that wants to be obedient to the word of God for those of us that are saved. Though when you're not saved, you don't have any inclination to serve God, to be pleasing unto God. You would care less. You got some people who are trying to be good people and serve God, but unless you're saved, there's no fight. Unless you're saved, there's no like warring and clashing. You get it where people will go out there and they'll pass out food baskets and they'll do this for the poor and that for the homeless and this and that, that and this with no problem. Get saved and have them do that. You'll start seeing they start making excuses. If they don't have any like discipline to do it, if they don't have any self-control over themselves to do it, which we're going to cover in this lesson, if they don't have any of those things to go along with that uh, 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 drive and zeal, they're going to fade out. You want to know why? Because that's what the flesh wants to do. The flesh never wants to do anything that uh, is going to benefit you in God. Again, God, I mean, not God, but Satan and your flesh are always going to work against you. God is going to work in your favor. But here's the thing. Again, like I said, God is going to put it in your decision. And then as you make the right decision, God will work in your favor. But he's not going to force you to do what he tells you to do. He's not going to force you to do what the word of God tells you to do. He didn't force Adam and Eve not to eat the fruit. He just told him, hey, look, don't eat it or else there's going to be consequences. You know what I'm saying? Notice how Satan pressed on Eve and her curiosity for the fruit. And then, you know what I'm saying? He was like, yeah, yeah, no, go ahead, do it. It's okay. You'll be all right. God didn't do that. He said, hey, look, here's how it is. Don't do it. Or if you do it, here's what's going to happen. Take it or leave it. The devil came and was like, no, no, no. And he tried to manipulate what God said and this and that and that and this. And then wound up making it to where now Eve just along with her curiosity, because mind you, you can't, Satan can't make you do anything you don't already want to do. Let's get that cleared up. Okay. And this is what we're going to also cover in this lesson. Whatever it is that you get off into nine times out of 10, it's something you already wanted to do. Okay. You, you know what I'm saying? If you, you, if you have. If you're not somebody, if you have, if it's not in you to steal at all, like you're just somebody like you don't even think about stealing or anything like that. And you're tempted to steal. You can easily turn that down. But if you want to punch someone in the face, right, there's somebody on the job that you just can't stand. And you would just, if you could just, 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 just tell God to close his eyes for a second and knock this guy the hell out. And then say, okay, God, open your eyes back up. 
and your flesh like drives you to the point where you're just like, yeah, let's do this. That you get, do you understand what I'm saying? It's not necessarily you're not going to do anything that you don't already want to do. It's very rarely that an individual is going to get tied off into something that they don't want. And it's just going to be something where it's like they're just tempted and it's just like, yeah, let's do it. Let's give it a shot. Why the hell not? You know what I'm saying? So let's go off into the lesson. Let's go ahead and move on. So it says we shall, what shall we say then? It's the law of sin. God forbid. Why would Paul say it's the law of sin? So that then this way he can get the people to realize that the word of God is not working against you when it tells you not to do stuff. The word of God is not bringing you into the knowledge of sin so that uh, you can under so that you can feel horrible or feel like sinners. It brings you into the knowledge of sin to get you to understand that uh, uh, being obedient to the word of God works in your favor. Being obedient to what the word of God would have you to do gets you favor with God, gets you better results in life. You know what I'm saying? But you got to where a lot of times you get individuals will try to manipulate you. And mostly these individuals are people that are not saved will try to get you to manipulate, get to manipulate your mind into believing that the word of God is going to work against you more so by giving you restrictions and hindrances. That the word of God will try to work against you. Satan will try to lie to you to make it seem like the word of God is... You, you know, no matter what you do, you're always going to be displeasing unto God. It's going to make it more or less seem like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't kind of scenario. But that's not the case. You know what I'm saying? If you're obedient unto God, then you're alive in the righteous. You are obedient to sin and that's unto death. That's the reason why the Bible tells us the soul that sin, it shall die. To get you to understand, you go against the word of God, there's consequences. Okay. Don't look at it that, oh, well, you know, if I don't do this or if I can't have this, then I'm not having fun or I'm not living life or whatever the case may be. Who's telling you that you're not living life? What's wrong with living decent and living honorably and living respectfully and living honestly? What's wrong with that? Why do you need sin in your life to live? See, this is what sinners try to tell us. They try to tell the folks that are saved, oh, man, have some fun. Oh, you know, you all oh, come on, goody two-shoes. You don't have to be in church all the time. You don't have all. Oh, you can stop. You, know, you can miss reading your Bible this time, that time. And then notice those that, are, that listen to that wind up going astray. Those that follow after that spirit wind up going astray. It's never that anybody who ever was just like, you're right. Yeah, I can miss a day of church. Winds up staying in God and getting more fervent in God. It's not anybody that ever is just like, yeah, I guess doing it one time won't hurt, goes off and do it. And then they're just, they do it the one time and they leave it alone. No, nine times out of 10, it's always that one time that you do something that winds up sucking you into it to where you wind up not able to get out of it. This is the reason why the Bible says you give the devil a foot, he takes a mile. In other words, you give the devil that little, that little bit of an invitation. You accept his invitation on the tiniest scale and he's going to make sure that he drags you into it so far, you are going to catch hell getting out of it. The word of God does not work against you in any way, shape, form, or fashion. You know what I'm saying? But you get it to where when, like I was saying in, in part one of uh, negatively and positively affected by salvation, if you're not properly taught or if you're listening to people that aren't saved, it will negatively affect you because your salvation can work against you, one, when you die, and two, even when you're alive, because now here it is, you've departed from God, so therefore you're outside of God's protection, you're outside of God's grace and mercy, you are outside of the realm of God to where he will try to reach you. You got to understand, God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, but he never said that you will never leave him or forsake him. Look at the Old Testament with the children of Israel. They kept sinning against God all the time. God was there the whole time. They walked away from God. And then God said, well, since you walked away, I'm going to give you up. Because obviously you don't want me. Hence the reason why he said, if, if God be God, then serve God. But if Baal be Baal, serve Baal. In other words, don't flip-flop. Don't eat at two tables. Don't try to serve two masters. Choose who you're going to serve. If you want to serve me, you're standing with me all the way. But if you're going to serve anybody else, go after them all the way. Don't try to keep running back to me. Don't keep playing games. Notice how it is in a marriage. You get it where if you cheat on your spouse, nine times out of ten, most spouses are like, go be with them. 
Don't have it be where you're constantly running back here because, you know, uh, 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 you want to have, you want to come be with me when this individual isn't acting right, but then you want to go be with them when you feel as though I'm not acting right. Either you're going to be with me or you're going to be with them. You're going to be with one or the other. But see, when you are dealing with individuals that are not saved or you're dealing with these churches that aren't, you know, that weren't founded on the word of God, then you get it where they will try to teach you in a way to where it's like the word of God will more or less hinder you from actually living. Okay. Now, like you said, going on back into scripture, I had not known sin, but by the law, for I had not known lust, except the law had said, thou shalt not lust. Now, this is what I was saying. How I was saying a lot of times your salvation may make things harder, not so much in the fact that it's working against you, but in the fact that now that you have knowledge of you and knowledge of good and evil and knowledge of what it is that God is and is not pleased with. Now you have more to fight against before you got saved. There wasn't too much of anything that you had to fight against. There were certain things that you knew that were right and wrong. But there, for the most part, it wasn't too much of a fight for the most part because you were spiritually speaking, an individual. Spiritually speaking, you were just like one. So therefore, if you said you weren't going to do something, you didn't do it. It didn't. You didn't have to fight against yourself because Satan already had you. What does he care if you fight against yourself? What difference does it make? But then when you get saved, like I said, more or less, you kind of spiritually speaking, get torn one from the other. You get torn your spiritual side from your natural side, the flesh from the spirit. You, they more or less get torn. Now you've got kind of like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of thing going on within you to where it's like you've got one of you like, hey, look, we're going to do good. And the other side of you is like, no, we're going to do wrong. We're going to do bad. We're going to do evil. We're going to do what we want. You know what I'm saying? You, so now here it is you have it where with this knowledge that you have now you have to fight to make sure that you stay on the right track with God because your flesh is going to always want to go in its own direction it's not to say that it's going to go completely against the word of God there's going to be some things you're not going to have any struggle or fight with but then there's going to be certain things that you will have a struggle and fight with things that you shouldn't do cursing lying stealing uh, 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 sex outside of marriage, uh, not going to church, not praying, not studying, not giving honors to God, not paying your tithes properly, all these different things, plus so much, so much more, so much more, your ways, the way you think, the way you feel, the way you operate. There's so many different compartments that the word of God starts to teach you about. And as it starts to bring you into the knowledge of yourself, you start to see how it is that your flesh tries to go contrary to what the word of God said. You start to see more of yourself and how you have been always operating contrary to the word of God. So now there's a fight. Now there's you having to put forth determination and willpower and discipline against what it is the word of God is telling you to do or not to do. And with you having to put forth that effort, quite naturally your flesh is working against you, okay? So going on, it says, uh, for I had not known lust, except that the law said that thou shalt not covet. So you get it where a lot of times we're brought into the knowledge of sin. And there's a lot of times we're brought into the knowledge of sins that we didn't even know. Like uh, most people, most people, they have, you know, they've got knowledge of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, honor thy mother, thy father, thou shalt not covet, you know, honor the Lord thy God. You know, they have knowledge of that. But when you start going into detail on a much higher level, going past just the basic Ten Commandments, you know what I'm saying? Uh, 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 if your neighbor slaps you on one cheek, turn the other. If he steals your coat, give him your cloak. You know, things like that. Things along those lines where Jesus starts to really break down a lot of different things. Where the word of God starts to break down a lot of different things, where the Holy Ghost and the anointed starts to break down about how you operate with people, how you operate with your brother, how you operate in the world, how you operate around people that don't want God. Now you have it where with that friction there, like the like like the scripture says, it says, I had not known uh uh I had not known lust except uh, the law has said thou shalt not covet. There was a lot of things you didn't know about until the word of God said you should or should not be doing these things. Prime example, you get aware there's a lot of people out there. Unfortunately, they don't know that uh, 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 fornication is wrong. They don't know. 
They don't know that committing fornication is wrong. But then when the word of God comes and says, you know, if they, especially if they didn't know it and they're living in it, now you have it where the word of God is saying, hey, thou should not fornicate. You shouldn't be sleeping with anyone that you're not married to. Now, if this is something that they didn't have the knowledge of, they thought was right, they grow off, they, they go off into living in this kind of way. Now, this is how, this is what they've been considering normal for the longest of time. Now, they get saved and the word of God says, no, that's a sin in the eyesight of God. Now they got to break out of that. It's the same way with any kind of addiction, any kind of habit. Once you grow into the knowledge of the fact that it's wrong, or once you just put it within yourself that you're not going to do it anymore, notice how there is now a fight within you to do what it is or not do whatever it is that you said you were or were not going to do, that the word of God told you to do or not to do. Why? Because of the simple fact you didn't come into the knowledge that this was something that shouldn't be done until it actually was brought to your attention. That's what that's the reason why I said that. And the reason and you have it where it's not so much that it gets hard and it works against you. It only works against you on a negative scale if you choose to follow your flesh. So you got to understand now when you get saved, you go following after your flesh, there is some type of negative effect waiting for you. All right. It may not necessarily always just be see, okay, you like you look at it back in the old testament, right? A lot of times when you went contrary to the word of God, God came down for the most part and punished you right then and there. He, he, you know, if he, if you got found out, you got stoned or God struck you down or whatever the case may be. Now that's not necessarily the case. You got to where you may live in this sin for years. You may live in this condition or whatever for years and nothing happens, but you still got to understand you still have to die and face God. You still have to die and stand before God in judgment. And therefore, God's going to look at it like, I told you not to do this. You heard in my word that this should not happen for you. So now since you have the knowledge, you can't sit here and try to beg forgiveness and beg grace and mercy because I already gave you the grace and mercy. One, when I told you not to do it. Two, when I gave you the instructions of how to come out of it. And three, when I gave you the space to repent. But since you didn't want any of that, yet you had the knowledge of it, in the hell you go. And this is the reason why a lot of people, a lot of people don't want to get saved because they feel as though um, that man tries to live by the whole terminology that ignorance is bliss. No. Because you got to understand at the end of your life, you still have to pay. There's a price you got to pay for everything. I don't care if it's good. I don't care if it's bad. Christ came uh, 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 to reconcile man back unto God. Yet what price did he have to pay to do it? The early church, the, the apostles, they went through spreading the gospel. The early church went through just wanting to serve God. Yet they all had to pay a price. Us in today's time, we got to pay a price. Maybe not to the extreme that the early church did, but we still got to pay a price. Your salvation will work against you if you are not willing to pay that price. This is the reason why the Bible tells us. It says that uh, uh, before you do anything, sit down and count the cost. All due respect, that even includes salvation. Before you want to just up and do, oh, I'm going to go get saved. You need to sit down and seriously count the cost. Now, I'm not saying this to turn anyone away from salvation. I'm bringing you into a realistic aspect that you got to understand. You need to understand just how much you have to put into your salvation for it to work for you. See, a lot of people just got saved and then, you know, they, they said the sinner's prayer and got baptized and they're living on any kind of way that they want to live. They're living just like they were before they got saved, not understanding why things aren't working for them. Sad to say you do have people who got saved and they're not for real in God and they are prospering. But you got to understand, you know, Satan's got to have some kind of selling point to get you back off in the sin. You know, he's not going to have it be where everybody's prospering, succeeding, that's going against the word of God. But he's going to make it look like to you, somebody who is serving God and, and struggling and so forth, uh, 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 that serving God doesn't pay off. He's got to have something out there that, 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 that makes you feel as though. And that raises a question. 
What if I am serving God and doing everything that I can in God and things just are not working out for me? Well, you got to understand, like the Bible says, time and chance happens to everybody. All right. Everybody's not going to come into God and be a millionaire. Everybody's not going to come into God and life's just going to be fantastic. You know, you may go through a lot of different hardships, but you got to understand the hardships that you're going through. If you focus on just that, it will just encourage you. But you need to look that God is standing with you through these hardships because you got to where a lot of people who don't have God are going through these same hardships and it's breaking them down. It's driving them crazy. They're running to suicide. They're killing themselves. They're destroying themselves. But you somehow, some way are able to hold everything together. Things aren't falling apart to the point where it's just, you're just, life is just going straight to crap. No, somehow, some way, you're able to keep a peace of mind. Somehow, some way, you're able to stay happy. But the people who are going through the same thing around you are not able to keep it together. Their lives are falling apart in every way, shape, form, and fashion. But somehow, you're still sustained. That's the power of God. Don't look at it that that you got saved and everything got worse. You got to understand, for some, God may save them and they don't go through a lot of different things. For others, they do. But a lot of people who wind up going through a lot of different things, you trust God and when you come out, you come out with a testimony that you can help teach unto others. You come out in a, with, with, with a great blessing, with a great deliverance that gives God the glory in your life. Some stuff we go through because the Lord needs us to go through it so that we can help somebody else down the road. Other things we go through so that then this way, God gets the glory out of your life. But like the Bible says, we are sheep for the slaughter. All day long we are killed for his sake. What does that mean? Meaning we all go through many different things and many different channels in life for the glory of God. But know that God is still standing with you 100%. If you're living the word of God, you're doing what God told you to do and things just aren't going right. Hey, all is still well in the eyesight of God. All you need to do is just go to God and just let him know, you know, to stand with you. Let him know, you know, let him know that you're there. You know, uh, let him know that, you know, you just, hey, Lord, just, I know that you're there. Just continue to stand with me. And I guarantee you, if you go through and you go through with, with and I, I get it, it's easier said than done, but it can be done. If you go through with a positive frame of mind, because you're going to be tempted to be frustrated. You're going to be tempted to be depressed. You're going to be tempted to want to give up. You're going to get these different feelings and temptations. But I guarantee you, if you go through with praise and thanksgiving, with a positive frame of mind, always with an upbeat look, you'll come out. A lot sooner you would than if you go ahead and give into those depressed feelings. Not only that, but then you'll also, you'll see how God is keeping you, delivering you, helping you, molding you, guiding you. you know, you'll see the benefits of God, but you have to keep your eyes open to it. All right. Now, back into the lesson. I know I kind of jumped off on a little side note. Now I'm going to go off into the next verse. It says, but sin taking occasion by the commandment wrought in me all manner of concupiscence, which means lust. Concupiscence is just another word for like lust, like heavy lust. Uh, wrought in all manner of concupiscence. For without the law, sin was dead. So in other words, without the law, before you came in and all, sin was dead. In other words, when you didn't have any knowledge of sin, there wasn't anything that you felt as though you had to fight against or pay attention to or anything along those lines. Notice how it is where a lot of times, um, you know, when when things are going on in our lives that we didn't feel as though we had to pay attention to and we didn't feel as was a problem. Everything was good. Everything was all well. Right. You go to your job and then you've been doing things a certain kind of way. You know what I'm saying? You're thinking everything is all good. Your production is up. You know, everything is moving along. Everything's running smooth. But then you get it where supervisor, a manager, the boss, he comes in and he's like, hey, okay, this and that has been done wrong and it's been done wrong for the past three months. Not only do we have to correct what we've been doing, but now we have to make sure that we do the process correctly. Now notice how production slows down. Now notice how, you know, it's, 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 you realize you were doing it wrong. Now you got to go back and you got to fix this. You got to make sure it's done correctly. It kind of hinders things. It kind of throws things off. Well, it's the same way in God. Once you're brought into the knowledge that something is wrong, 
Now you have to make sure that you pay attention to it to fight against it. Now you have to make sure to pay attention to it to keep things going right in the way that God wants you to go. We don't pay attention to a lot of different things because we don't have the knowledge to pay attention to a lot of different things. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people, again, they don't know that there are certain sexual sins that are wrong. You got a lot of people, prime example, look at in today's time. You got it where uh, 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 homosexuality is just rampant, right? But you got to where a lot of our young kids are being taught homosexuality and being, being you know, uh, uh, same-sex marriages and same-sex unions and all this other kind of stuff is okay. That's what they're taught. So they don't know. You got to where a lot of adults, for whatever reason, don't know how, but they don't know. And then when you get it where somebody like me comes saying, hey, the Bible says that man should be with woman and woman should be with man. Then they're like, oh, well, you're against love. No, I'm not against love. I'm, I'm for the word of God. That's where a lot of friction comes in. When somebody comes saying, hey, you're doing things wrong according to the instructions that we were given. Now you get it where there's a fight because now you're trying to you get it where people are debating. Who should I listen to? What is the truth? Which way is the right way to go? See, there's so many different avenues why there's always a fight to do right. Some people are fighting to do right because they really honestly don't know what to believe. Others are fighting to do right because in their flesh, their flesh is saying, I want to go this way. But the spirit is like, no, we need to go that way. Others are fighting against it more or less because they're like, this is how it is. And, 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 and I believe that this is what everybody should be doing. You have it where, but what's the right way to go? You can never go wrong with the word of God. Trust me. Anytime God says, I exalt my word above all of my name, then that lets you know that going with the word of God is always the right way to go. And if God said that he made man and woman, that's the way we should go. Mind you, you still believe what you want. You still do what you want. I can't, I can't force you. I'm not going to force you. I'm just going to tell you the right way. If the Bible says he made man and woman, that they should be husband and wife. If the Bible says that man with man working things that are unseemly, uh, 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 God gave them over to a reprobate mind. If God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because there was men having sex with men and women having sex with women. If the Bible says that even in the Old Testament said if man gets caught laying with man and or beast, he shall be stoned. I'm going to go with what the Bible says because the Bible speaks against it. That, that man being with man and woman being with woman. But back to the original point. You have it where when you've got certain things that people don't know. You're going to have it where this next generation of kids are going to come up thinking that this is how it's supposed to be. They won't have any knowledge of this because they are, there's not too many people like me, like my pastor, who's saying, hey, this is wrong in the eyesight of God. This is wrong. You got to where now churches are telling people this is the right way to go. It's okay. God is still a love and he's still accepting of this. So again, when you get people like me, my pastor, and other holy individuals who are like, no, the Bible says this, this is what we need to stick to. Now you have it where if you're trying to be pleasing unto God and you're involved in that, you now have a fight within yourself to the one, who am I going to believe? Who am I going to obey? Who am I going to serve? What am I going to do? But beforehand, there wasn't a fight. Because you had no knowledge that there was supposed to be a fight. You had no knowledge that this was wrong. You had no knowledge that this goes against the natural way of how God intended for things to be. So without the knowledge, you didn't have any guilt. You didn't have any, any, any uh, 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 sense of uh, uh, that you need to stop doing this or whatever the case may be. You didn't have any sense of feeling like I got to fight against this. No, you thought it was normal. You just went ahead and did it. Now, this goes for anything. I don't care if it's homosexuality. I don't care if, if it's uh, uh, cheating on your wife or your husband. I don't care if it's uh, 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 stealing candy from children, whatever. If you didn't know that it was wrong, you did it without conscience. Because it didn't matter to you. But now that you've been brought into the knowledge, hey, that's not right. Now there's a fight. But the question is, is who are you going to believe, man or God? Who are you going to be a servant to, sin or righteousness? 
It says, for I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. Meaning that I was alive. In other words, it was just, everything was all me. There wasn't anything to where it was um, that I had to fight against myself, show discipline against myself, show strength against myself. But now that law of the commandments of sin and all this other kind of stuff came, it says I died, meaning I died unto sin. I died unto those things. But it said sin, what is it? We're in the ninth verse. It says sin revived and I died. What do you mean? Now sin came to fruition. Sin came to life through the knowledge of sin. But before there was no knowledge, sin was dead. Why? Why do I say sin was dead? Because if you didn't know that this was wrong, then who's to say that it was wrong? And this is the reason why a lot of people don't want to get saved. They more or less just feel as though, well, if I don't know, then I don't know. And therefore, I can't be held accountable for it. I can't be held liable for something that I don't know. Look at a lot of times on your job. If there's something that you don't know and your boss comes to you like, why did you do this? And, you know, he seems like he's about to write you up or fire you. First thing you want to defect to, oh, I didn't know it was wrong. And since I didn't know it was wrong, how can I be punished for something that I didn't know? This is the reason why you get it where a lot of times the make sure that your supervisors and everything when you get hired, they go through all the company policies, they go through all the rules, they give you the employee handbook, they sold it then this way. When you're like, I didn't know, they say that's that's not a good enough excuse. It's in the employee handbook, which we gave you, which you should have read. It was in the rules that we told you when you first got hired, which you sat there and you signed a paper stating that you understand all the rules that were given to you. It's the same way with the word of God. So you got it where a lot of times people are going to try to say, oh, I didn't know this and that, that and this. But the word of God is still there and it's still present. So therefore, since the word of God is there and fully present, you have it where uh, 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 the sin that you said that you didn't know about, God's going to look at it like my Bible. The Bible has always been there. Bible was around before you were born and it's still there to this day while you're standing before me. So therefore, you could have went and got the knowledge. God's going to look at everything else that you went and got the knowledge of that you didn't know what to do and didn't know whether it was right or wrong and so forth and so forth. Laws that man wants us to obey. Uh, 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 when you needed to learn how to get to this state, that state, how to get to this attraction or the mall or whatever, he's going to look at how you looked up on, on Google and this and that, that and this. But then he's going to look at how it is. And when it comes down to sin, you want to try to throw it, but you didn't know. No, he gave you the word of God. He also has it on record how many times the word of God was presented to you. Church was presented to you. So therefore, and even if you swear up and down, that, oh, I don't have no knowledge of church or sin or the Bible. Nobody ever told me. Like he always said, man has knowledge of God through his eternal power and Godhead through looking at the moon and the sun, all in God's creations. So therefore, everybody has a knowledge of God. This is the reason why God said, hey, uh, you know what I'm saying? For the most part, he's trying to make sure that God, he, he's trying to say individuals that are preaching the gospel, preaching the word of God to bring men into the full knowledge so that they know the truth. Bring men into the full knowledge so that they don't get tied up and, and, and standing before him trying to give excuses. See, sin came alive in Paul's life. What he was saying uh, uh, in the scripture, he said, sin came alive and I died. Meaning now sin is what, you know, now that I have knowledge of it, that is what now is relevant. But I died unto sin. So therefore, I am no longer a part of sin. So now whatever sin that's there, it's sin that is taking occasion. It's sin that's going forth. Not me. I'm striving to, to live for God. I'm striving to pull back away from these things. But sin within my body, sin within my flesh is now what's alive trying to dominate me. Like I said, when Satan comes in, when you get saved, your flesh and Satan are going to work together to overpower you. Your flesh, like the Bible, like the Bible says, it says, uh, uh, it said, run this race. It said, for only one of you may obtain a crown. Well, you got to understand you're running again. It's you, your flesh, your mind, your ways. Majority of what's running against you is you, 
yourself. Satan is there also, but mind you, he's not only, Satan is running against you, but how is he running? How is he running? By coaching your flesh. How is he running? By coaching your desires. In other words, by pushing them on. By trying to get them stronger than you. See, notice with teams, right? When, 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 uh, when a team wins, don't get me wrong, you give honor and glory to a team. When they win a championship, you're like, oh yeah, the Bulls won. But notice how it's like, the Bulls won under the, under the leadership of Coach Phil Jackson. You know what I'm saying? I'm not really relevant with a lot of sports in today's time. I, I stopped watching sports when I got out of high school back in 2000 and 2001. So, yeah, I've been kind of out of touch with sports. So, this is the reason why, you know, I have such an old analogy. But you get what I'm trying to say. A lot of times when they say that a team won, they say this team won under the leadership and coaching of XYZ coach. That coach kind of gets their own name along with the team. It's the same way it is spiritually. You're running and Satan is forever trying to coach your flesh, mind, feelings, understanding, and everything else that works against you naturally. But you have to fight and now you're running this race. So now you have to run a race and fight these things and more or less dominate them to be obedient to you. You start warring. This is the reason why the Bible says talks about warring in your members, different members, your heart, your mind, soul, spirit, body. All these different things are all different members that's within you that you have to fight against, bringing up under subjection. All right, tenth verse, and it says, "And the commandment which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death." Now, this is a prime example of what I was talking about of. Uh, 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 how, you know, your salvation can negatively and positively affect you. Let's read that scripture over again. It says, and the commandment which was ordained to life, I found to be unto death. What do you mean found to be unto death? Meaning that you find it to be that, uh, uh, okay. So you've got two different kinds of death, right? You've got death where you stop doing something. And then you also have death, meaning like you die and are forgotten about by God. Right now, Paul here is talking about, I find these things to be unto death, meaning that I found these things to be unto death of me doing them thing, doing these things. I live on, but I found these things to be that I, I, I they're, 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 they're things that I shouldn't do. So therefore I don't do them. But then he's also talking about, I find these things that if I do them, continue in them they lead me into death meaning that now here it is i'm forgotten about in the hell thrown in the hell forgotten about by god notice how the bible says death and hell are thrown in the lake of fire death is a form and see when one dies you have it where you know the bible says though you should die yet shall you live on death in a spiritual sense is a way where it's like you're forgotten about by god you no longer exist in the eyes of God. You're just thrown in hell and, and you, there's no, nothing, whatever. God doesn't hear your cries, your screams, your, your torment. If anything, he's just laughing at you now. I found these things to be unto death. In other words, I found these things that when I, to be unto when, when I die, they stand against me in the eyes of God and cast me in the outer darkness. But see, this is what the problem is, is where a lot of people, they, 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 they don't believe that because nothing's happening to them today. You can't just look at your today. See, if we just want to look at how things are going for us today, then yeah, you, you know, what the hell? Let's do everything. You know what I'm saying? If I smoke, hell, it's not going to give me cancer though with the first cigarette. Hell, I smoke a hundred cigarettes. It's not going to give me cancer with a hundred cigarettes. You know what I'm saying? Hell, I'll go and have sex with uh, 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 with whoever. I'm not going to catch AIDS and syphilis and gonorrhea and destroy my marriage today in the first set. Or hell, there's no telling how long. But mind you, eventually it will bring something. Eventually it does bring some kind of destruction. Look at how many people uh, uh, started cheating on their spouse and now here it is, they've, they've got some kind of disease. Ruin their marriage ruin their life, ruin their health. 
But the first time they did it, none of those things, hey, nothing happened the first time. And the sad part about it is that there's something that something did happen to them the first time. They had sex one time and then came up with a disease. One time and got pregnant. The first time and their husband or their wife caught them. So you got to understand, when you're tempted to do something, again, just because, look at Eve, okay? Look at Eve. Eve ate the apple. She's dead now, but she didn't die that moment when she was apple, fruit, whatever. I don't know what the hell fruit it was, but we'll just say fruit. When Eve ate the fruit, when Adam and Eve ate the fruit, they died eventually. Not there on the spot. But death formed right in, death formed in them. The moment they bit the apple, death formed in them that moment. But you also got to understand it's also the same aspect of what I was saying earlier. You have it where there's two different kinds of death. You've got death where you die and God forgets about you, but you also have death in a spiritual sense, which is what happened to them. Adam and Eve more or less died unto God. God departed from them. He backed away from them. See, you can either die to sin or you can die unto God. I'd much rather die to sin. I die to sin. I can be pleasing unto God. I come, I allow sin to live and come alive in my life. I die unto God. I don't want to die unto God. I want to die to sin. I want to have it be that when I die to sin, hey, the Lord favors me. The Lord can instruct me. The Lord can correct me. The Lord can show me that he loves me. The Lord can stand with me. Rather than me showing that I'm standing against God. We're going to go ahead and end it here. Um, so that we can be sure that you know, we don't overrun our time. I thank you guys for tuning in. We're going to go ahead and do another session. Um, let's see. We're leaving off on the 10th chapter. I mean the 10th verse. the seven, Romans 7 and 10. That's where we, we kind of left off. And uh, so... Uh, we're going to do, like I said, this is part one, a, or sub chapter, or I don't know exactly how I'm going to title it. I'll title it some kind of way, but, uh, you know, uh, for those of you who go and check out the YouTube channel, I mean, I'll put it on there, but Hey, if you want to put it on the, put it in the comments of the YouTube channel, Hey, look, go hop over to Reverend Lyle Lewis podcast. Hey, he's got, you know, he's got some sub chapters to this context to, you know, help bring out the lesson or whatever the case may be. Hey, spread the word. I thank you guys for uh, tuning in. I thank you guys for listening. Um, as you guys know, Reverend Lyle Lewis with Lutown Productions. I thank everybody that's putting in the work and helping me to get everything out and running and, you know, helping me to spread the gospel and whatnot. Thank you to my pastor and teacher, Prophet Townsend, for teaching me and helping me to grow spiritually. Um, and yeah, uh, you guys keep staying tuned. Uh, Lutown Productions Television is coming. It is coming. It is coming. Um, it was here, but I ran into a couple of setbacks, as you know, one always does when making progress. But you know, um, pretty soon I shall be on television preaching the gospel and doing all kinds of other goofy, weird shenanigans. So until then, you guys continue to stay tuned to the Reverend Lyle Lewis podcast. Uh, or Pain Fighters Live over at uh, Lutown Productions YouTube channel. And hey, by all means, guys, just, you know, stay safe. You know, stay safe, be saved, live your life unto God. It's, it, it, it's, it's beneficial. It really is. So until then, be safe, stay safe. God bless.